Truth Center. Will you just bow your hearts with me in prayer as we go before the throne of grace. Father, we bless you this morning. We worship and adore you. We give you praise, glory, and adoration. We thank you for your grace this morning. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you for your steadfast love. Thank you that you have allowed us to be in your presence one more time, Lord God. We honor you this morning because of who you are. We ask, Lord God, that you would just anoint the service. May you get glory and honor and praise. You said where two or three are gathered in your name, you would be in the midst. So according to your word, we are just going to thank you for your presence this morning. We just appreciate you. We love you. We adore you. We ask that someone would hear your word this morning and transition from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We honor you. We bless you. We praise you. And everyone in agreement said, amen. Good morning, TC. Good morning. I trust that all is well with you. Today is a beautiful day in New York City. The sun is shining. People's hearts prayerfully are open and, and joyful. And I pray that this morning you are as well. If you would, go to your Bibles. We're going to get right into this this morning. Psalm 23. The 23rd Psalm. If you would go there and join me in the 23rd Psalm, we're going to be talking today about the voice of the shepherd. The voice of the shepherd in tough times. We are living in challenging times right now, but there is a voice speaking, and we want to find out what he's saying. We need to know what he's saying to us. The voice of the shepherd in tough times. I'm going to read just a few verses, three verses actually. My point is found in the third verse. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. There are so many voices in the world right now. Everybody's talking. The media's talking. The, the, uh, the news people are talking. The pundits are talking. Hallelujah. And even the those the conspiratorial people are talking. Everybody's talking right now. And during this time, it's been great to me because it's a time where I can take advantage of the one voice that really matters. It's a time where I can dig deep, reacquaint myself with God and get to know God and I hope that's what you're doing as well this is a time that you get to know him a pause in the everyday busy uh, lives that we all live this is a time to really get to hear God the Apostle Paul says God's ways are past finding out and since God is infinite which means much about God cannot be understood or comprehended situations like this allow us to get to know God in a different way intimately the way God would want us to know him in this situation because situations force us to think believe and exercise our faith in ways that we just might not do it there are other ways we're being expanded and stretched to do things we normally wouldn't do. So we learn something about God, which otherwise we may not. The mayor of Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, who used to be the chief of staff for the White House and the Obama administration, he says this, 
you never let a serious crisis go to waste. And what I mean by that, it's an opportunity to do things you think you could not do before. Never let a serious crisis go to waste. Real speak. Uh, um, real speaks to real, as they say in the, in the streets. Real speaks to real. The authentic recognizes the authentic. And David is recognizing the Lord as his shepherd. If anybody knows about shepherding, it's David. David had some understanding. I would say he had a PhD in shepherding. He learned how to lead people by leading sheep. One, one shepherd speaks to another. This is one shepherd speaking to another. The Lord is my shepherd. He's defined God as his shepherd. There is nobody more qualified to speak of the Lord this way than David. This was not someone speaking from theory. This is someone speaking from a life experience. Son turned on him. His daughter is raped by her brother. His wife turned on him. The king chased him for miles trying to kill him. But his life experiences, the things that David went through, taught him some things about God being his shepherd. The man's life was not easy. And in the book of Acts, the Lord speaks about David's life being a called life, a, a person after his own heart. David's situation forced him to know God in a profound, meaningful way. You know, God knows we're going through this. He knows we're experiencing these challenges. There is something we're supposed to be getting from this that we're seeing. I'm going to say that again. There is something we are supposed to be learning about God in this that we're seeing, in these times we're in. So when we read this text, we're not reading uh, the words of somebody engaged in the theory of shepherding, but the practicality of shepherding. It was his experience. It was what he lived. It, it was in his blood. He understood what it was to protect his sheep from the lion and the bear. He understood what it was to feed his sheep. He understood. So when he says, the Lord is my shepherd, you can trust that David knows what he's talking about. So let's unpack his, his understanding of this. This is what we call a complete passage. Complete because it speaks of God as being that which completes us. It speaks of God as being that he who completes us. So I benefit from a relationship with God based on his terms, not mine. I'm going to say that again. We all, I, we, we benefit from a relationship with God based on his terms and not ours. We go to the Bible to find out his will, not ours. Again, we go to the scriptures to understand his will, not mine. So we don't have to, 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 we don't have to approach this in some vague way. God has given us exactly how he thinks. As a matter of fact, the Bible is that part of God's mind that he chose to share with us because he's infinite. He could blow us away with his thinking. However, he chose to share with us these words, and we are responsible to understand where he's coming from. So here we are, understanding this morning that the Lord is our shepherd. He is our shepherd. Throughout the Bible, the image of shepherd is an important one. Note the verse, note the verse. And I will give you shepherds after my own heart. And I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. God was responding to a need that Israel had. God always responds to the need his people have of him. So we may not like the response, but his response is exactly what you need. When God spoke to Israel, the church in the wilderness they were known as, their idea of pastoral ministry was grounded in Moses as God's under-shepherd. 
or David as a shepherd king. That was the image they had of shepherd. As a pastor, I would be considered an under-shepherd. The shepherd of all of our souls is God, but I've been commissioned, commanded, called of God to be what we would call an under-shepherd. In order to maintain unity and oversight of his body, he places us in churches. We call them local churches in various locations. So we are cared for and we can care for each other. Did you hear what I said? The local church, as messy as it can be, because we're human and we are not perfect. However, God has not given us another model. This is it. And so he places us in local churches so that we can be cared for, but not only cared for spiritually and physically, but also cared for, we care for each other. There's, a, there's an, an interaction, an interdependence that we have upon each other. I was sharing with my daughter this week, we were talking about the growth of children, and we were talking about how children begin as dependent, and then they move to independent. And then there's the ultimate interdependence that we are supposed to have because that involves social activity and interaction. But some people never move from being dependent. I'm sure some of you know somebody that's totally, they may be 40 or 50 years old and they're still dependent. We got some folks that are still, they are very independent, don't want to have anything to do with anybody. But that's not the idea that God wants us to understand about him and about ourselves. There's an interdependence that we should be having, and that's the ultimate. And so we have this order. God was responding to this need by giving a shepherd, and he gives all of us shepherds. We are all under shepherding care, all of us. The church was never intended, however, to become what it has become, in a sense, an institution. The church was never intended to be that. God's church was always intended to be a movement, fluid, constantly moving. And let me share something to you, with you about the difference between movements and institutions. Institutions have structure. Movements are fluid. Institutions are usually a top-down hierarchical uh, leadership. However, movements are bottom-up. Again, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve, bottom up. One's greatness is rooted in their capacity to serve. Institutions are resistant to change. Movements are dynamic. Institutions have common rules. And you know, common rules are all right. Even structure is all right. Movements will have both. But movements primarily move because of a common vision. It's known that millennials and, and Generation Z today, they hate institutions. But the sociolo sociologists are saying that that might be a little bit naive to think that you can have a movement without structure. You've got to have some structure. The idea is we should bring ourselves under some kind of structure to create a movement. Did you hear that? We need to be under some kind of structure to create a movement. And I believe what God is doing right now is turning his church back into a movement. The dynamic movement, the key, is being led by the Spirit. And I love this because as the wind blows, and Jesus was talking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he said the Holy Spirit is like the wind. You don't even know where it comes from, but you feel its effect. It's moving. The Holy Spirit can't be put into a box. He's moving. He's changed. He's adaptable. But one thing he commits to, one thing he's committed to, he is the spirit of truth. And he'll never deviate from that. So we see the difference between movements and institutions in God's church is a movement. Say that with me. God's church is a movement. Part of my responsibility as an under shepherd is to help the sheep 
one of the things my responsibility is, is to help sheep discern the voice of God. To help discern the voice of the shepherd. The only way as of the church we remain fluid is by listening to the voice of the shepherd. I'm going to say that again. The only way that we're going to remain fluid is by listening to the voice of the shepherd. Right now is one of those times we must listen to what he is saying to us. And one thing you learn about God, this is one thing I've learned in over 30 some odd years of ministry, headed toward 40, that God loves his sheep. The last thing he told Peter, Peter, make sure you feed my sheep. Take care of my sheep. The Lord being our shepherd is a great figure of speech because shepherds lead. Shepherds lead. Sheep follow. I need you to get that. If you're taking notes, write that down. Shepherds lead. Sheep follow. The Lord is the shepherd of our souls. The Lord is the shepherd of our souls. And that's not just by our definition. He's defined it himself. Look at what it says in Ezekiel 18.4. Behold, all souls are mine. God is claiming every person, every human being, because he created them. All souls are mine. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. The soul who sins shall die. The soul who sins shall die. That's a statement from a creator's point of view. That is God speaking as creator. If he made it, he owns it. He knows best how to care for it. And right now, folks, we need soul care. There are going to be a lot of people when this is over. They're going to need soul care. They can't, they can't grieve properly. And we were in an elders meeting this week talking about how we're going to go about counseling those that are grieved. There's going to be some real serious issues when this is over. We're going to have to care for the souls. How do we care for them properly? What do we do? How do we approach that? That being said, we should at the very least, and I'm going to say this, that being said, at the very least, we should be familiar with his voice. And so today and possibly next week, I'm going to be digging into how we hear this voice in the time of crisis. I used to believe that the most important thing in the world was our capacity to hear God's voice. I no longer believe that. I believe not only should we hear his voice, but we need to respond to what we hear. That's the next step. Yes, we need to hear, and that's vitally important, because you can't move unless you hear. But we need to respond to what we hear him say. So Jesus himself takes us into John chapter 10 and he talks about sheep. He uses this figure of speech to teach us about the nature of sheep. And I want you to understand there's a reason why these words are being used. Sheep are very interesting animals. Look what Jesus says. The sheep hear his voice, the voice of the shepherd. And he calls his own sheep by name. And he leads them out, out of the sheep pen. When he has brought out all his own. <laughs> Are you, you hearing what I'm saying? He, when he's brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him. For they know his voice. Sheep know the voice of the shepherd. Sheep are gregarious animals. And gregarious is a term that means sociable. Sheep are sociable. We li sheep live in groups. They live in groups. And the most difficult challenge most of us face right now is a social challenge. Because 
He's defining us as sheep. He knows how sheep respond and what sheep do. He knows all the attitudes of his sheep. He knows they, they are sociable animals. He also knows we are sociable. And our greatest challenge right now, again, is a social challenge because it's against God's design. God created us to be sociable, to be interactive. Guess what? Even God is a Godhead. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all understanding their various roles, but interacting, and each one representing, and each one God responding to the needs of his people. And so sheep are gregarious. It means they're, they're social. They live in groups. God's design is his order. When God designs a thing, he's also given you his order of a thing. When God designs a thing, he is also giving you his order. And whenever God's order is altered, dis-ease sets in. Because whatever God has ordered, he also it experiences his peace. But when that order is disturbed, dis-ease sets in. So please hear this today. Church, TC, all of our friends watching, please hear the voice of God today. Here's something I need you to understand. We must be careful. I'm going to say this again. We must be careful to use God's words about us and not humanity's words about us. Let me explain. We got to be careful. Because it's his design, God designed us to be social, we've got to be careful of the wording that we hear. God never intended his beings that he created to be socially distant. Now, I need you to hear this. This is the Holy Spirit bringing things back to our understanding about our God and our creation. He never intended his beings to be socially distant. That's why we're having such hardship. We were not created to be that way. And when we start using wording, the words need to change to possibly responsible distancing. That's a better term. Words are powerful and words create worlds. And words impact us sometimes without our conscience kicking in. We are impacted by the words we hear. And we've got to be careful of this. We've got to be careful of the wording. 1.6 million people in the last month downloaded an app called YouVersion. It's right on your phone. You can get it. It's a Bible version. 1.6 million people in the last month downloaded that app, particularly the prayers. YouVersion is just not a Bible app, however. YouVersion is a Bible and a social app. It allows you to interact with other people and brings people together. So this tells us two things people need. 1.6 million people in one month. It tells us two things. It tells us people want consolation and comfort. They want the word of God to console them and to bring comfort to them. But they also want to engage with others. And they want to be social. And that's part of what this crisis is creating. What kind of people are we going to have when this is over? We've been socially distant. And you know, it only takes a month, one month, 30 days to develop a habit. We need to understand. So here's some other lessons about sheep. Sheep have an amazing voice recognition ability. Sheep, they know their shepherd from another shepherd calling. 
They know the tonal quality. They know the voice of their shepherd. They can identify their shepherd from any other shepherd calling their sheep. There's a unique relationship between the shepherd and his sheep. The shepherd meets the needs of the sheep, food, shelter. The bond causes the sheep to recognize his voice and not a stranger. Look at what Jesus says again. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own by name which means all of them don't belong to him. So let's get that right, because that's been a little bit twisted. Everybody doesn't belong to him. They're not all hearing his voice, because they don't all have his spirit. There's this bond that causes sheep to recognize his voice. God is our shepherd. And because of his position in our lives, he knows our needs so well. We end up wanting nothing else but that. He completes us. God completes us. Say that with me. God completes me. He does. And so here's the truth. Here's a powerful statement. The voice of the shepherd becomes the ultimate security of the sheep. Wow. The voice of the shepherd becomes the ultimate security of the sheep. I'm going to say that again. The voice of the shepherd becomes the ultimate security of the sheep. So he makes his sheep lie down in green pastures, David writes, and he leads them beside still waters. One key thing we must understand about sheep, sheep don't lie down or rest unless they are totally secure. I'm not sure how you're resting now. I'm not sure how some of you are sleeping. But the fruit of the shepherd's voice to the sheep caused the sheep to feel secure. Ultimately, having the sheep rest. They rest. They go to sleep. They rest. And I hope you'll sleep you're having good sleep at night because if you're hearing the voice of the shepherd, you are secure. Just like Jesus was in the midst of the storm and all the disciples were panicking. He's sound asleep. They had to wake him up. God is our shepherd and because of his position in our lives, he knows our needs so well. We end up wanting nothing else but him. He knows the voice of the shepherd, of the sheep. The sheep know his voice. So he makes us lie down in green pastures and he gives us this peace that passes all understanding. It's a real peace, folks. It's in the peace that only he can provide. You can't get this peace anywhere else. You can try to get it somewhere. It won't be. It is a pseudo peace. It is not the peace of God. God gives his peace through his words. And he leads us besides still waters because sheep are afraid of fast-moving water. They don't, they, don't, they don't rest well around streams. God leads us by still waters because he knows us. And wherever he is, it's going to be still. There's a verse of scripture that says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. God, wherever he is, there is a stillness to his voice. There's a peace. I like that. Because where God is, I can find rest. Where God is, I can find peace. And when he speaks, that is the security that my soul needs. So yes, he makes us lie down in green pastures. And notice, the pastures are green, which means they're, they're ripe, and they're fresh, and, and they're full of life, and they're life-giving. <clears throat> the, the pastures that God leads us in are not corrupted. They are green pastures. He's going to supply the needs of his people. He leads us besides still waters. And here's something that you also need to grab. He says this, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations 
and I will be exalted in the earth. Psalm 46.10. I will be exalted among the nations, and I will be exalted in the earth. You're either still or you're busy. You're either still or you're busy. There's a busy that's okay, but then there's a busy that's just that takes you out of the path of peace. You're either going to be still or busy, and being still allows time for patient listening to the shepherd of our souls. Again, he is the shepherd or the bishop of our souls. And when we're still, we get a chance to hear him. It's almost like he wants the whole world right now. Listen to me. You guys have gotten off course. You need to come back and hear what I'm saying. Get refocused. Get yourself back on track. Because your ways and my ways, though they are distant, your ways don't look like my ways right now. There's some things that you guys have just gotten too far out and away from. And I said last week, we were in a building here. I'm in this building right now, and you all are at home. And no, he didn't call us for buildings. He called us for people. But we do need the building. <laughs> we need a building. We need a base of operation. But we don't worship buildings. We've turned places of worship into things we worship. Are you hearing me? We've turned the place where we come to worship into the thing we actually worship. And we call it church. <laughs> We've got a beautiful facility here. Lovely place. But this ain't the church. The church. People. In the hearts of people, I will build my church. Religious people think the building is the church. And they need the building to feel some kind of connection to God. But people who are filled with the spirit, moving based on, they can worship God in a phone booth. They don't need a physical space. I remember years ago when we first started out the ministry and, and, and God showed me a picture he said, I'm going to send you people. And people came. And people, we call them the basement dwellers. And some of you at home remember this. We had people who, they, to them, the, the, the facility and all of the, the, the things around them, it wasn't that as important as the word of God they were getting. And so they came. And God prepared it. And I told them, I said, when we get to the first floor, more people are going to come. Because on the first floor, we'll have a little carpet. We may have some chairs, a little air conditioning, and people will come. I meant that figurative, figuratively. But people did. They, when we got to the first floor, and we became more settled. You know, we were in a community center for years. Then we got here. Then more people start gathering. What happens? What happens? It's just a progression. It's an interesting progression, but one that needs to be noted. Interesting progression. So you're either busy or you're still. And he says this, be still and know that I am God. I am exalted above the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I will be exalted in the earth the earth and God knows just how to do that there were two sisters and Jesus went to their house and he visited them Martha and Mary Lazarus's sisters Lazarus passed away but Jesus loved him but he went for a visit to their home and Martha was so busy being hospitable she was trying to get the hors d'oeuvres right and get whatever drink she thought Jesus would like and she's preparing but, but the, the sister, the sister, Mary, was sitting at his feet, listening to his words. Notice this. And Jesus says this. This is what he says. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. 
But one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. What did Mary choose? She chose the words coming from his mouth, the voice of the shepherd. She needed to hear what he was saying. Forget about fixing stuff and making arrangements for him. He's here. I need to be hearing what he's saying. He's right here in my house. I need to hear his voice because that voice is going to be life to me. That voice is my future. She understood the better part. She chose the portion that was important. Her soul was being restored. I'm telling you right now, the word of God is so important that a thief will come and steal it the minute you receive it. And the scriptures tells us that there's a thief that's going to try to steal even what you're hearing me say today. If God's words had no value, then the thief would not consider stealing him because thieves steal things of value in their minds. So he's here. The thief is Satan, and he's going to try to steal what you're receiving. Oh, yeah. Hold on to it. My word to you today is what you hear me saying to you. Hold on to it. Don't let it go, because it's going to be your very life. Hold on to the word. Your soul depends on it. So let's unpack the last statement. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. I want you to notice something. It doesn't say he restores my spirit, because spirit is a recreation of God. When God comes into the life, he recreates the spirit. And that's the place he lives and dwells. That's where he is housed, in the spirit of man. And yes, he impacts the soul and the body, but his place where he takes up residence, he speaks to you in your spirit. And the soul must be renewed or restored. So notice, he doesn't say, he restores my spirit. It says he restores my soul. We are tripartite beings, meaning there's a threefold nature to our humanity. We are spirit, soul, and body. We are spirit and soul that live in a physical vessel, a body, a physical body. And the prominent faculties of the soul are the mind, will, and emotions. The primary faculties of the soul are the mind, the will, and your emotions. Right now, <clears throat> those outside the voice of God, Christian and non-Christian alike, are disturbed in their souls. Christian and non-Christian who are not allowing God, Christian not allowing God to impact them the way he can impact us and non-Christian that are not hearing his voice at all. Well, guess what? They're in a place right now where souls are disturbed. Let's go a little deeper. A mind on God's words experiences God's peace. A mind focused on God's words will experience the fruit of that will be the peace of God. And here's something that you need to catch. The mind presents what the will chooses depending on what's presented, determines the emotions. The mind presents what the will chooses. Depending on what's presented will determine the kind of emotional state you will be in. The mind presents, and I'm rehearsing it for a reason, the mind presents what the will chooses. When we occupy ourselves with God's words, the will gets better options. Once that choice for God's word is made, the emotions are settled by the peace that only God can give. I'm going to give it to you again. The mind presents what the will chooses. And when we occupy ourselves with God's words, the will will have the better options. And once it chooses God's option, the emotions are settled. 
And the ultimate result of that is peace. Can you say amen to that? I hear you. That's okay. Like I said, 1.6 million people last month downloaded an app. Why? They wanted peace and security. That's what they're looking for. Peace and security. When Jesus was in the earth, his humanity was expressed because Jesus was fully God and fully man. And God came in the flesh and manifested himself before us. And he brought humanity back to the Father by what he did on the cross. But while he was here, in his humanity, he experienced some challenges. And this is one of the things he says in the scriptures about that challenge. Now is my soul troubled. He was about to go to the cross. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, he recognizes why he's here, I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. Isn't that wonderful? I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again by what you do. Isn't that wonderful? He restores our soul. He speaks and gives us just what we need to hear. And here Jesus is giving an example. This was a week before Gethsemane. This was not the time he was in the garden praying and drops of blood were pouring from him because he was praying with such intensity. He was calling, Father, can you do something about this? Is there another way out of this? Not my will, however. Just like he says here, but for this purpose, I've come to this hour. I know what I have to do, but if there's another way, because this flesh I'm in, it's troubling. Jesus experienced his soul's greatest challenge, the cross. And guess what? He told us too. You take up your own cross and follow me. So we're going to experience some challenges, folks. This is a weighty cross to bear right now. This is a tough time to go through. This ain't easy. This will break the best of them. But I'm telling you right now, Ha! Huh, glory to God. The power that he placed in our lives, what he's given to us, he's given us his grace, his anointing, he's given us everything we need for life and godliness. He's given us what we need to get through this. You were built to do what you need to do. You were built to deal with this crisis. You have his nature. As he was, so are we in this world. And he said, I've overcome it already, and I'm passing that overcoming spirit to you guys. So we got it, folks. His comfort was rooted in the voice of God. Jesus, his own comfort was rooted in hearing the Father's voice. And I'm telling you, the Father knows just when to speak and when you need him. So if you're not hearing them clearly, or if you're not hearing them at all, just remember the last thing he spoke to you and do that. Are you hearing me, church? Do the last thing he spoke until he speaks again to you. But today, hear his voice, because he's speaking to all of us. He's speaking to the house right now, and our comfort is rooting, rooted in his voice. The two things we've been left with, two things. We've been left with the word of God and the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We've been left with two dynamic things, the word of God and the name of Jesus, and that name is above every name. That name is above corona. <laughs> that name is above every virus known to man. That name is above all sickness and disease. That name given to us. And today, if you don't know him, in the pardoning of your own life and sin, and I'm going to share something with you. I woke up this morning, and I did not sense that God wanted me to, to pity pat around this idea. Because people are dying. People are dying. And folks, if you're hearing me, don't imagine that you have a relationship with Jesus. Know 
that you have a relationship with Jesus. You can't kind of sort of figure it out. You need to know. Just up until last night, we're hearing about people we know passing. And we're going to keep hearing about people passing. But the ones we heard about last night, they didn't pass. They died a long time ago. They died the day they gave him their lives. And they moved into an eternal life. And you can have that today yourself. And so I'm going to tell you, if you're hearing me today, and you're not sure about a relationship with Christ, whether you have one. God didn't come to put anybody in hell, and hell is a real place. He didn't come for that. He came that everyone would be with him in his place, in his abode, which he calls heaven. He came to liberate us from the great challenges of life. And if he wanted us to go to hell, all he had to do was never even give us a Bible and never even have preachers preach. All he had to do was be quiet. We were on our way. But he decides now, he inserts a parenthetical into eternity called time to rescue us. And so here he is. He's rescuing you today. And if you're hearing the sound of God's voice today, harden not your heart. Because he came just for you. And if you're a person today that's received him, let us know that you've done it. Send us an email so we can have some of the leaders and elders pray with you and contact you and make sure you're not left like a baby at a doorstep. We want to make sure you walk in the grace and in the fruitfulness that God has for you. Because he came for you. He came for us. Let's pray. Father, we bless you. Thank you so much, God, for interrupting a journey, a trip that we were already on, a trip without you. But you entered the world. You entered this society, humanity, and you saved us by giving us Jesus. And the day he came and went on a cross and the veil was torn in half and entrance into your presence was made for every human being. But even you know that everybody's not going to hearken to your voice. Even, even you know it is your desire that all would be saved, but even you know all won't be saved because of the hardness of humanity's heart. But God, somebody is hearing us today. Somebody right now is moving from darkness into light. And we're praying for that brother, that sister, that child, whoever they are, we're praying for them, God. Bless their lives. Let them know that this is what they've needed all of their lives, a relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. TC, I hope you got something out of today's teaching. Right now it's time for us to honor God in our giving. So if you have your phones, you have the app, you have what's necessary, people can download the app that we have on our website and you can join us. TC has an app, just go, you can be downloaded on a Droid or an iPhone and you can use that app and use our push pay uh, process to sow, to give into the house of God. Thank you, TC, for your faithfulness to God. Right now is our time of giving, our time of lifting God up in our sowing, and we bless God for it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the gift and the giver. We thank you for what you've given every person to give today. We ask that you'll bless the offering. Let it rise to you as worship. God, we know in this house that giving is an opportunity. It's not drudgery. We are engaged with the master of the universe. And you allowed us to join you in what you're doing. And we can do that by way of our tithe and our offering and our gifts of love. Thank you, Lord, for the faithfulness of your people. And let us be good stewards with what you give us, Father. May we delegate good stewardship over your finances. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Pastor B is going to come.
and give us some more direction, some more announcements. I hope you got a word today from the Lord. Blessings to you. God bless your life, and may God richly keep you throughout the week without despair, without issue. Pastor B is coming. Come on, Pastor B. Good afternoon. Good morning. Sorry. If you are visiting with us for the very first time, we would ask that you would please let us know by visiting our website and hitting uh, the connect and giving us your information so that we can keep you connected with what we're doing here at Truth Center. And we just want to welcome you and ask that you please not let this be your last time, but that you continue to visit us and glorify God with us at this time. We have good news for our King's Jewels, which is our ministry to our children, ages 3 to 12. We have launched your King's Jewels program on the website. So we ask parents, just go to the website, click on the Connect page, and you will be instructed on how to get the King's Jewels for your children. And we will be loading more content as we go along. Continue to keep those that are on our prayer list in your prayers. We are so in need of prayer right now, not only as individuals, but as a global world nation. Um, we have our prayer online on Mondays and Fridays at 6.30. I'm sorry, 6, 6 o'clock to 6.30. So please, if you have not joined us for that, Join us for our prayer online, and please continue to join us for our gathering, which is our interactive time of prayer, fellowship, and Bible study of the Word, also online on Wednesday evenings at 7.30 p.m. We continue to pray that this new online church that we have has been a blessing to you and that God has continued to pour into you matters not that we are not together his spirit is everywhere and we can still glean from his word tc walk in victory have an awesome week on purpose praise the lord again we want to just reiterate it is so important that you guys join us um, for prayer we were averaging about 30 people we can bump that up quite a bit just take a little, just, just roll out of the bed. You don't even have to roll out of bed. You just put your phone near you. I mean, how much more convenient can, we make, can this be made? Just join us in the morning. Our prayer time has been powerful. And guess what? We have been praying for you and your family. Again, as Pastor B said, remember the prayer list. We've got some people on that list. And, and if you've got needs and concerns, please call the house, call the ministry. We can't read minds. We need you to call in so that we can know what's happening in your life. Again, thank you for joining us. Those of you far and wide, we've got people joining us from all around the world right now. And we are so grateful that you've chosen to make TC your place of worship this morning. Let's pray. Father, we bless you. And we leave this place, never your presence. We leave this time and this hour. And we've been graced with the ability to do this, God. Thank you for infusing minds with this kind of technology so the gospel can go around the world. We bless you for it. Thank you, Lord God. And I pray that everyone's home is a place of peace. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Let's say this together. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if you have love one for another. God bless you.